Of course, it's an indisputable fact that sport and physical activity is essential to our health and well-being. But we also know that the personal benefits go well beyond the physical, whether it's helping us to sleep better, focus, develop important skills such as teamwork and collaboration. So the question for us today is how do we encourage adolescents to put down those devices, join a team or a club if they're not currently inclined to, and balancing of course if they are in fact eager and very much involved, how do we make sure that they keep everything in a comfortable balance between their studies, their work, their social life and dare I say helping out around the house? What skills will they learn on the field, the track or the court that they can't learn in a textbook or classroom? Welcome to Illumin from the students, where we hand over the mic to the young women of Girls' Grammar to share their views on current issues, perhaps related to school and study, or what life looks like from their perspective. I'm Jacinda Isla, the principal of Brisbane Girls' Grammar School, and your host. Today I'm speaking with two very accomplished athletes who happen to be students at Girls' Grammar. Emily is in Year 11, Zoe is in Year 9, and Zoe is a top runner. At the Nationals, she will typically place around the top 10 in the 1500 and 3 kilometre races for 14-year-old girls. And Emily is in the top 20 for Australian juniors in tennis. She is also ranked 99 in the open women's circuit in Australia. Emily and Zoe, welcome to Illumin. I'd like to start our discussion today by learning more about the sort of sport and activities that each of you participate in, both at school but also I know in the community more broadly. Zoe, what are you involved in? Running, of course. I also do some piano at home as well as debating as part of the grammar program, which is all really good and adds to the experience of being part of the school community and growing as a person. And Emily, what about you? Obviously you're heavily involved in tennis, but what else are you connected to? Well, I've done a range of sports at grammar. I started doing touch and I did some athletics. Last year I did soccer, which was nice change being in a team environment. But yeah, main focus is obviously tennis. So let's talk about tennis. Tell us whether you play singles or doubles, what sort of competitions you've been involved in and don't be modest, you can tell us about your highlights and your achievements. Obviously in school tennis, you know, we play singles and doubles, but outside of school, over the past year, I've been playing some pro tour events, some international junior events. For example, in the Christmas holidays, I got a wild card into the Australian Open Juniors lead-in tournament. Unfortunately, I couldn't participate because of COVID and other dramas, so just various tournaments around the place. You have had extraordinary success in your tennis career and you've had to, I guess, be so dedicated, so disciplined and keeping up all of your studies and those things as well. But tell me about the wild card. That must have been a great, exciting high and then a great disappointment, which is a part of sport, isn't it? Part of your life. Yeah, it was very exciting. I felt really ready for the opportunity, but things happen and I'm I feel as though there will be another opportunity if I keep working hard and it's also a bit of incentive to get back to that place. What would be your pinnacle event? What would you aspire to? I think on the track that I'm on at the moment, I'm hoping to be in the qualifying for a Grand Slam by the time I finish school, pretty much. I think you always have to have a good goal that you feel as though is manageable, but also is pushing your limits a little bit. 
And so I'm really excited to see how far I can go. And you've given me goosebumps just even declaring it. (laughs) So tell me, how are you ranked? Where are you ranked at the moment? So at the moment, I'm top 20 Australian junior, so that's under 18s. And then I'm 99, I think, in Australia for open women's. That is extraordinary. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what that means and, and how you've got there too. Zoe, tell me about your running. You are an extraordinary runner. You're incredibly dedicated. Tell us about your running. What are your preferred distances? What races have you competed in and what are you training for now? I am mainly a long distance runner. So that means on the track of 1500 or a 3K and in cross country, it changes most years. Like as you get older, you do more distance. So this year I'm 4K. However, for QG, I do 3K. And of course I do lots of training. I also do some swimming and some cycling for cross training. So it's not too hard on my legs. And I'm always aspiring to go to nationals and do my best and win a medal. And I guess my ultimate goal one day is to win a gold medal at nationals in my age group. And what's the highest achievement that you can look back on proudly so far in your very short life? Quite a few times I've come fourth at nationals, Mm -hmm. which is so close to a medal. It's infuriating, but uh, one day I'm sure I'll get there. I just got to keep working hard. So you'd like a medal of any description to start and then go for the gold. Exactly. Tell me about the cross training you just mentioned then. Who oversees that? How do you balance? Because there is a temptation, isn't there, to just keep running and running and running, but that's not a good approach. So who guides you in your cross training program? My parents, especially my mum and I talk about it quite a lot and how to sort of optimise my training so that I get the best results. And there are also like Mr Pierce here at school, he talks to me about it and sees how I'm going and just works out what's the best for me. And I guess it's trial and error. Over the years, I know I used to have some things wrong with my ankles if I ran too much. So that's sort of where it stemmed from, all the swimming. And it's just developed and so that I've come to the best training schedule for me. I was going to say it's a very unique and particular Mm. training schedule when you're at that extraordinarily high level of competition and and the preparation that goes into that. So Emily and Zoe, I'd like to know, people. it's always interesting to know the stories of how people perhaps got involved in a sport, maybe a talent was discovered. And I guess I'd like to ask, I'll start with you, Emily. How did you become involved in tennis? Was it a bit of gentle prompting from your parents or I suspect a little bit of influence from a very accomplished mother who is a tennis player or did you just sort of try it and found you loved it and that willingness to pursue it so seriously that has to come from within doesn't it can you talk about how you were introduced to tennis I think from a young age I was always exposed to the sport growing up with a court at home my siblings played and got lessons it was kind of an important family thing we could do together I'd was always excited to wake up in the middle of the night and watch the Wimbledon final. And I found that I really liked the one-on-one aspect because I felt like it was a real battle in matches and the training kind of gave me something to focus on that I could really push myself. And yeah, I found it very rewarding and I still find it very satisfying, I think. So you've lost none of your passion for it and the harder you train, the hungrier you become. Is, is that your experience? Yeah, I think enjoying it has always been the priority because I find that if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to perform as well anyway. So it's keeping that 
determination and drive but also light-heartedness and still being able to have fun while doing it. What about you Zoe? Um, you know most young people like to get out and have a run, it's a, it's a feeling of freedom and joy but it's a different thing to be training and running as seriously as you are. Where did that inspiration come from? How did you come to be involved in long distance running? I remember one day my mum, who has always been a runner, she asked me to go on a run with her and of course I was a little bit reluctant. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really want to go on a run but it just developed more and more and I did it more and my mum had a sort of old connection with a family friend who runs quite a good squad and so we went there one day and then just built and built and I got better and better and it just made me want to do more and it made me realise that running was the sport that I wanted to do because it was just, it was right for me. And you know what's a beautiful thing which our listeners can't access at the moment is the expression on your faces, both of you, when you talk about it. So Zoe, you were describing, and even as you talked about that, you were involuntarily smiling and and your whole face was lighting up. So there's obviously a lot of dedication, even a bit of pain, some sacrifice. I'm sure you miss out on certain, whether it's social occasions, etc. But at the end of the day, it's a joyful experience for you, it seems. Tell me, though, about those commitments. So both of you would spend an enormous number of hours training each week, time on weekends, tournaments, races, travel starting to build back in again for you, Emily, with interstate tournaments. But at the same time, you're both very accomplished, very good students. How do you juggle all of that, Emily? I personally find that when I do have set time limits and a set timetable I actually work better and more efficiently because I know how much I need to get done and that I am busy and so I need to use my time efficiently and I think it's also improved my attention at school because I try to get as much done as I can in the classroom because it's it's valuable time all day and I want to make sure that I really maximize it and so that when I get home I can go to training and spend lots of hours on the court without getting behind and feeling like I'm overwhelmed. And have there been times, have you ever felt, oh, this is too hard or I've taken on too much? And and if you've had those moments, how do you work through them? How do you approach that? I think the only times where I've really felt like, oh, like this is getting a bit difficult is when I've missed big chunks of school because I'm away at a tournament or, you know, competing in another state. And I think it's a matter of just communication with my teacher, teachers and just making sure that they know where I'm at and me just being really transparent with how I'm going with the workload. And you're 11, you're in the senior end of your schooling. It's going to become more intense, no doubt. But what about you, Zoe? Year nine, you're still working hard, achieving really well. How do you juggle it? Well, I find I'm lucky that I did running in primary school and at the start of high school. So before everything got harder this year and over time, I sort of knew what I was doing and how to balance everything and of course like Emily said clear communications with your teacher let them know what you're doing and also making sure that you're not biting off more than you can chew you're spending little time away from school so that you can just do your best and over time just developing and working out how you can balance things it's not always perfect on the first go you're always going to miss some things but over time I guess you work it out. And both of you have articulated so beautifully how to manage a balanced life, competing commitments and yet you're both so very young so you have given us very honest and very wise responses to all of that but tell me do you get time to have a little bit of downtime just to rest, relax, even waste a bit of time Zoe? How do you have fun? 
Well, I don't do any homework on Friday, I just relax. <laughs> and there's always at least one day a week where I don't do any sport just to focus on work, um, have a bit of downtime just to rejuvenate for the next week. And I'm lucky with running. Running as a sport, doesn't you don't have to put in as many hours as tennis or gymnastics. It's when you get out there, you do your run, and then you come back. So I always have downtime, but I don't have heaps of time. So I sort of just work it out. What about you, Emily? What do you do to sort of restore your just sense of being without having to be doing? I think I try to make sure that I'm still getting out and being social with my friends. I find it really important to not feel like I'm missing out and obviously tennis is very mentally tiring as well so to be able to do well in school I need to make sure that I'm rejuvenating on the weekend I'm really just taking my mind off everything I'm not burning myself out because in the long run it's not going to be sustainable if I'm overworking myself and giving myself no time to just kind of relax. And you've both articulated the joy that you still get out of what you're doing and that in and of itself is fun and the importance of having a little bit of quiet and rest because it's not a good long-term strategy as you say. So parents often ask that about you know how much is too much and I think both of you have explained that it's a very personal thing isn't it and so long as it's still fun it's rewarding and you're getting so much out of it it's certainly worthwhile continuing and we look forward to seeing what you're both going to achieve in this year and and in the years ahead but Emily in addition to those physical benefits and those wonderful accomplishments we've discussed what else does sport and being involved in sport bring to you and, and has it shaped the person, the young woman that you've grown into? Has it even shaped your character? With, I think, school sport in particular, those commitments to your team make you really have to be accountable because you don't want to let them down, you need to make an effort. But I think for me in particular, with tennis being such a demanding sport where you need to make high pressure decisions in really tough situations. It's helped me through life just with my problem solving and really working out the emotional investment into problems or issues in my life and how to navigate through them and also just overall resilience. I think everyone always talks about resilience in sport but it is really important because whether it's on a big scale or small scale, every day when you get up to do your sport, you need to forget about what's gone wrong and you need to think, okay, how can I improve this moving forward and how can I make this the best training day that I can? So really important life learning lessons. For Zoe, I imagine it's similar for you, but when we think of running, we have this image, it's a very solo activity. We have this sort of blissful runner or this fiercely competitive, just getting across the line kind of image in our mind. But of course, at Girls Grammar, we've got a very strong team spirit in running and with our cross-country team in particular. What's your perspective on all of this? Are there some positive characteristics that you've developed that you think you could attribute to your participation in running or in sport more broadly? Well with the whole grammar community being behind you in a race it really restores your confidence and helps you believe in yourself because you know there are others out there believing in you and as you said before it's taught me the value of effort and attitude and how if you want something you just have to try your best and do what you can to achieve your goal and just leave nothing in the tank, I guess. 
Now, obviously at Girls' Grammar, there are so many sports and activities that you can be a part of. And obviously there are things beyond the school that you can be involved in as well, but you could try tennis and cross country as you girls are a part of, or cricket, basketball, rowing, swimming, the list is absolutely endless. If you were speaking to students, maybe some girls who are about to start secondary school, if they felt a bit hesitant about trying a new sport or they were a little shy about getting involved in a team, what would be your advice to them, Emily, about getting involved and also how to overcome perhaps sometimes a feeling of being maybe a little intimidated or just a little nervous about signing up? Everyone's kind of in the same boat when you're going to a trial or, you know, you're putting yourself out there to be part of a team. But I think, you know, you don't want to have any regrets. And I think that school sport for me has been very important in having and just making so many different friends. You know, you share experiences. I know, especially with being in, in the soccer team last year, I see the girls around the school, they might be in different grades and I wouldn't know them if I hadn't done the soccer. And we have those unique moments and memories together that we can really reflect upon and say oh that was really fun and you know remember when this happened and I think it's really important to just have those different relationships and connections with the school. And on that theme I'd say to you Zoe how do you think your involvement and participation in sport has rounded out your experience at school? Well like Emily said you really get to know other people in other grades and solidify your relationships not only with students but also with teachers and it helps you become more connected with the community and you know more people and also it helps with your academics I think because it gives you a great stress reliever and just to clear your head. In the afternoon when I come home I might be completely overwhelmed, I've got so much to do but I might just go out for a run and then realise that it's not that big of a deal and everything seems more clear. So I think sport is a great thing for academics, for balance and just as a whole for your life. Beautifully said. Thank you Zoe and thank you Emily for joining me today on Illumin from the students and if we end with a quote, the value of effort and attitude and making sure that you leave nothing in the tank, you girls are the absolute personification of that approach to sport but also of course to life. So Zoe and Emily, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Illumin, a podcast by Brisbane Girls Grammar School. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. And to learn more about the school, visit the website at www.bggs.qld.edu.au.